very encouraged in in a number of ways throughout this last month in in regard to the whole aspect of of missions uh, I was really encouraged this morning when um, Brother Ross got up and said the Lord directed me this morning and directed him to preach on missions not knowing at all we didn't say anything to him about our our emphasis here and you know that's just another evidence um, God is the head of the church if we follow the head he has ways of working things out and and dealing in our lives and that is in very 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 encouraging um, also being reminded of things that that have taken place hearing about the Alpha Women's Center the work in Germany the work in Wickenburg and and so on. It's just uh, it's good to at times to to look back and see. Okay, yeah, I remember this, and yes, we got involved in this, and God is working. <clears throat> but anytime someone says this will bring guaranteed results, you think. Oh no, this is another as seen on TV or another one of these high pitched sales things and um, really guaranteed results. Well, you know, um, I've always been leery of, um, of these various, um, what do they call them? Multi-level marketing schemes, that's not what they call them. What are they called? Pyramid schemes, you know. And, and I, can, I can remember uh, getting approached by individuals for those, and they sit down and, what are your dreams, you know? And, and, and so they want you to say all these things, and then they play off that. And, and I can remember vividly and... When we were in Livingston, Montana, a guy conned me into hearing his spiel and and what are your dreams and and I said, "Man, I just want to see God do a work here and and he man i he was double clutching and shifting and everything and and I have to give him credit he he was he was a good salesman. He said, well, wouldn't, just think if you had a hundred thousand dollars, what you could do in your church with that. And, and I mean, he was spinning this all around and, and of course trying to portray it like, I mean, it's just waiting there. It's, it's all we need is just someone to go out and grab it. And you are the special one. How many of you have been exposed to anything like that, all right? Now, I'm not going to ask how many of you fell for it. You don't need to raise your hands, okay? So when we hear guaranteed results, it's like, yeah, right. But, you know, God really gives us some guarantees in Scripture that we can really rest in and... We want to look at the guarantees that are related in the whole realm of missions. But I'm, I just want to lay, um, remind us of a few foundational things and, and 
remind us of the opportunities that we have and remind us what God has done here tonight. You know, God designed everything to reproduce. And everything reproduces after its kind. I Was it in the wall-eyed discussion last night that uh, in the seminar, some of you guys that were there helped me, didn't he say they lay like 50,000 eggs? Does anybody remember or was I dreaming this last night, huh? But it was a, they lay all these eggs and only about a tenth of them really come to where they turn into minnows. And they said, we don't know how many of those actually turn into, was it in the walleye or the bass seminar? Does anybody remember? It was the bass. Okay. And, and so they said, we don't know, but there were all these eggs that are laid and very, a, a small percentage of them actually turn into these nice largemouth baths that we want. But isn't it amazing when you look at nature? Um, you have a, wa- you have a healthy walnut tree and look, every year how many walnuts it drops to the ground. Or you have a, an oak tree and all the, all the acorns that fall to the ground. And, and we don't even begin to know all the little seeds that, um, these trees that have the little, the cottonwood seeds. And isn't it amazing how you'd think they'd know you can't grow in an air conditioner. Wouldn't you think that, huh? But isn't it amazing how God designed them to sail and, and spread? And it's all about reproducing. God, as we were reminded this morning, God is about life. He, he wants to, to bring life. He, he designed life. He is producing life. And life would cease to exist if there wasn't this aspect of, of reproduction. Now, applying it to we as followers of Christ, a follower of Christ should produce followers of Christ. And we shouldn't be weary in the planting process. That is what we should produce. It also is true that a church should produce like-minded churches. I mean, the purpose of a church is not just for something here. In God's plan, He designed us to reproduce. And as a church, we need to ask ourselves, do we have something that is worth reproducing? Is what we have biblical? I guess you back up and say, is it alive? You know, nothing dead can reproduce. So we ask, and do we have something that is worth producing? And we understand as a church, local churches are God's program. There are many um, parachurch organizations, but God said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That is one reason, a number of years ago, we made a commitment that, um, yes, 
we, we believe in parachurch organizations, but a priority in our missions giving is that we would make a priority in church planting efforts. Not that we wouldn't, we wouldn't support things that aren't involved in church planting, but a priority is, um, there are many, many parachurch things, but if, if you're not careful, you can get where you don't really get involved in that which is hands-on planting churches. It's, it's refreshing to me, just in, in the last year, um, being reading the missionary prayer letters, the Estremas in Argentina are in the process of turning that church over to an Argentine pastor and going on to another work. The Van Lowe's in Curitiba, Brazil, are in the process and um, are just at the very last, the, the tail end of that, of turning their last work there. They're praying about, okay, where does God want us again? We heard about um, the, the church in Wickenburg. Now, in a lot of these others, and, and there's others in the process, um, these are kind of at the end. And, and we've been able to be a part of it. And it's, it's not to the glory of us. I'm saying, when you follow God's plan, He, he reproduces. And that's what we need. It, it's not just missions isn't just, okay, take the gospel, uh, send that missionary, okay, see you later, and in two or four years when you come back, we'll be anxious to hear about it. It's no, it, it's understanding that in South Africa, we have missionaries that are preaching the same truths and practicing in the same way, not that we're trying to reproduce American churches, but you take the truths of the Bible, you plug them into the culture, you allow the truth of God's Word to change lives, and you will see God raise up churches of like mind. And to me, that's encouraging. You know... Um, I, I want you to rejoice tonight. I mentioned it last week, but um, this aspect of, of reproducing, and again, this is to the glory of God, and this is how it ought to be done, but to think that, that this church right here was the sole supporter of sending the halls down to Wickenburg, and that now there is an independent Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church down there because of right here, the prayers, the giving of you people. Now, it's good to join together because you can't always fully support one missionary. But to think of that, that is reproducing. And that is a, a good thing. That's what God designed. And, and rejoice in it. You know, sometimes we can get so beaten down. And I'm thinking, you know, sometimes you can think, well, I'm just here living my life, and here I am in southern Iowa, and what can I do? The exciting thing is we can be part of worldwide work when we say yes to God. And this is God's plan. 
and and to rejoice that we can join with God in this. But we're reminded missions is not an option. It is obedience. It is what comes naturally. It's not an option um, for the oak tree to produce acorns and drop those acorns and and reproduce. I I go out to my woodshed and we've hauled in oak wood out there. And this last summer I look as I went by. Here's here's an oak tree about this high growing up right next to the post on my woodshed. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Somehow an acorn got carried by a bird or kicked in there or fell off some of the wood. And there it was growing where it ended up. It wasn't an option. The acorn didn't say, ah, man, stuck in a preacher's woodshed. How much worse can it get than that? Because, honestly, his lifespan wasn't very long, all right? And it wasn't an option. This was built into him. I fall into the ground, I die, and I produce fruit. To a Christian... It's not an option. Should I get involved in missions or not? No, to a true follower of Christ, we are to fall into the ground and be covered. It's not about us. And when we die to self, then we can bring forth fruit. And the reality is that it is a natural thing. It is is what naturally should happen. And something is wrong with us as a follower of Christ if we don't have a heart for missions. It's commanded, and we're not going to go into to all the details. But we need to remember, missions is not about hiring someone to go do the job for us. It is co-laboring that while I'm doing the work here, hey, I can help someone that is going to France, or I can help someone that is going to Cambodia, or I can help someone that is ministering wherever you think of. And they're doing the same thing that we are trying to do here, And this is a way I can multiply my efforts. I am involved in missions here, and I can help someone there. It's not just saying, hey, you're willing to go, we'll pay your way. Nice to know, check off, I took care of my mission's responsibility. Paul called it co-laboring. We are laborers together with Christ. Um, We are, uh, our missionaries are extensions of the church here. And this church owes its very beginning to someone that was burdened about seeing a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church here in Sheraton and sent someone to come here and started in a little Bible study. And the Bible study grew and it grew into a church and 
55, 6, 7 years ago. And now this is where it is today. It's not that we have someone over there around the world that is doing something that we've hired them to do. We are co-laborers. Well, how can I labor with the Myers in South Africa? Well, you can be much in prayer for them as they face many, many um, difficult situations and decisions going back. We'll, we'll give you an update on, on that. Um, but from their being burglarized and attacked and beaten and now going back there and dealing with all those things. But it's not just when there's a crisis. It's to pray for every one of our missionaries. We've been reminded in the last couple years how important it is to lift up our missionaries to the Lord because Satan knows that as we heard this morning, they are going to the kingdom of darkness and they desire to turn people from the power of darkness to the kingdom of light. And Satan says, I don't want that. I love death. I don't want them bringing life. And so he seeks to bring destruction to their lives. Physically, morally, spiritually. We need to be co-laborers together with them, praying for them and uplifting them. Missions is a joint effort. But this is where I want to get us back to where we started tonight. Missions is an investment that pays guaranteed dividends. Look in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. This morning... Um, Brother Rusty began in verse 22 and looked down through the remainder of the chapter in Sunday school. But notice verse 19. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, said, I want you to have true riches. And verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So he, he lays out a basic... He says, you can lay up treasures on earth. And moth and rust will corrupt it, Thieves will break through and steal it. And um, thieves come in many, many forms. Um, another form of thievery is taxation. It's a legalized taking of resources from one person to give it to somebody else. If you want more information on that, be happy to supply it. But he said, lay up treasures in heaven. 
History is full of people and stories and accounts of people that had large treasures and they woke up one morning and they were all gone. Because of economic crashes, because of government mandates, because of physical health being completely gone. He said, if you want guaranteed results with your treasures, guaranteed dividends, I don't, I don't mean to discourage you, but you know what? I've always, not always, but for a long time, I've always chuckled about banks advertising guaranteed FDIC insured. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Insured by the government. Tell them back in 1929 that all their deposits were insured. There is no insurance. There is nothing that's going to guarantee what you have that it will be there. But God says, you lay up treasures in heaven. No government is going to take it. No thief is going to get it. No moth is going to come in and eat it. Have you ever had any any jackets or sweaters or whatever that's been sentimental to you and you go pull it out sometime and it's all stinky, mildewy, moth-eaten or anything? That's why it doesn't pay to keep junk around, okay? Because everything in this life Rust will get it. I I had a brother. I still have this brother. But he used to, I mean, he'd get a car and he loved his cars and he wouldn't get rid of his cars. I mean, do any of you remember a, a 1969 American Motors Javelins? You remember those? I'm telling you, those were hot cars. I know. I mean, it would fly 120 miles an hour, for sure. I know. (laughs) Well, it's like any car. But it was an American Motors car, too. I don't mean made in America for those that don't know, those of you that do know, American Motors was a company that made Ramblers and Gremlins. Remember those? How many of you had how many of you ever had a Gremlin? Anybody? Yeah, a few of you did. You know, don't get me started on these cars, man. It, Corvairs and Pintos and what was Vegas, Chevy Vega. That was a real gem too, wasn't it? But he really loved this car, and, and he kept it for a number of years. And every time I'd go see him, I'd see that thing, and it was getting <clears throat> more sorry-looking every time I saw it. And he, he had another car that he kept, and another car. <clears throat> and then I think what finally cured him is he married a German. And you know, wives don't love cars as much as... We love them, all right? But I don't care what it is you keep. It's going to deteriorate. 
But every, and, and I'm not just talking dollars, but I'm going to illustrate it with this. Every dollar you give to missions will be guaranteed to bring results. I mean, can you beat that? That is a guarantee. Everything that you give to God will be guaranteed to give results. And again, I'm not saying this to boost the missions giving. I'm saying this because I love you and I don't want you to be empty-handed. I want you to have results in eternity. And, and to say, God, I want to invest in you and your program they are safe deposits. They, they help break the bond of materialism in us. Notice verse 24 of Matthew 6. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. And he goes on to teach us about God will provide for you if you lay up treasure in heaven. It will be instrumental in helping us break the bondage to materialism that it, we're so prone to get caught up in everywhere we're going. It's saying, you need this phone, you need this car, you need these tires on the car, you need this pen, you need this tie, you need this outfit, you need this, you need, need, need. When we seek first the kingdom of God and its evidence in all of our life, and we say, as we heard this morning, we see things from His perspective, and we want to be involved in the worldwide effort of bringing light to darkness, it will change our life. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. We often quote from the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, two things that, that we quote often from them is verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, and verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now that is a wonderful promise, but we often take it out of context and it does not apply. Here I am living my life. Oh, I may honor God some, but I'm basically living for myself. And God, you said you would supply all my need according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And I believe, God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. So I want you to meet this need. Paul was writing this to believers who had been involved in his life and his ministry. And if you take the time, we're not going to take it, but you read chapter 4. He said, I was in need in this place, and you ministered to my need. And these other believers in Macedonia were in need, and you gave to them, and you ministered to their need. And he says, because you were seeking first God, you can guaranteed result, God will supply all your need according to His riches in glory. According to His riches in Christ Jesus. That's guaranteed. But it's a promise that He made to those that were 
generous with God's work? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Here's a basic principle of life. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We see it all over the place. And some of you are getting itchy fingers to start putting this into practice. Literally. Verse 6. But I say unto you, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Some of you are getting ready to plant your tomato seeds. You plant them by seed. You have them in your house. You may have a, a grow light on them. But you don't just plant one seed and say, eh, that should do me. I, I hope to be able to can tomatoes from that seed for the whole family. You think, man, I love chili, so we're going to need tomatoes for that. And we make picante sauce, and we like whole tomatoes, and I like to eat fresh tomatoes, and I like to give tomatoes, and I love tomatoes, so you plant, and you plant because you want to plant bountifully, so you will reap bountifully. Simple, basic principle that we're all, we all know. And so he says... Bringing it over to the spirit. Oh, you got to bring it over to the spiritual realm. Yeah, yeah, he does. He said, you sow bountifully to the Lord. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. And notice the guaranteed result. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Wow, that's a guaranteed result. He said, you sow bountifully to me. I love all the alls in this, in the abundance. God is able to make all grace abound to you. You know what? I have no idea all the grace that I'm going to need this next year. But I want all the grace I can get from God. I have no idea what's going to happen in our economy. I have no idea what's going to happen in my health. I have no idea what's going to happen in my family, in our church. Nothing. But I want all God's grace. And he said, if you sow bountifully to the Lord, time, talents, resources, he said, I'll make all grace abundant to you. And look, look at this. That you always, having all sufficiency in all things. Are you getting it? God really wanted us to get it. He said to Paul, really emphasize this. In all things that you may abound to every good work. But he gives that promise. Not just to every Christian. Well, wait, I thought God's grace was available to everybody. It is. But as we take steps of obedience and honor Him 
with the first fruits and we sow bountifully with him, then God is able to do exceeding abundantly and far beyond anything that we can ask or think. I don't know about you, but I want verse 8 true in my life. It's not some magical thing that you have to have, you have to know Greek and Hebrew or have to been to Bible college or have to have so much money or so many years being a Christian. He said it's a simple principle of sowing and reaping. So let him give of to the Lord, not grudgingly, well, because I have to, but cheerfully. Lord, I want to be involved in this, to think that Someone could come to know the Lord. I, I still have in my, in my mind the picture of um, last Sunday night, that young man, Cody, there in Wickenburg, and he said, I would hate to think where I'd be tonight if I hadn't gotten saved. He said, less than a year ago, I was just out partying, carrying on, living for self. And I'm thinking, right there is a soul. That's guaranteed results. There is an investment that throughout all eternity will praise God and goes to your account. But you know what? It doesn't go to our account if we haven't been laying up treasure in heaven. And and again, um, I know God will take care of all the mission stuff if we have hearts that love God and are obedient to Him. And a real barometer in our life is our heart toward missions. A real barometer in our life is how we give. I mean, do we figure out to the nth degree what our tithe is? Do you want God to just figure out to the nth degree the blessings to give to you? You know, I think just about every church that that my dad ever pastored, when he took it, they were in debt or financial trouble or whatever. And, And God would miraculously work to help bring things out here. Um, he, he was only here one year, and in that one year here, they paid off $30,000 debt on the old building. You know what? It wasn't a big thing. My dad took churches in different places where he went. The preachers left town and left unpaid bills and and a bad reputation. You know why the blessing was there? My dad honored the Lord by giving. Personally. And God said, hmm. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. I know preachers that have told me, I don't tithe because my whole life is giving. You can cut it any way you want, but I've found you can't be too generous with God. 
There's no way. You know what? The average person, if, if you were to see my portfolio, you would say, you are nuts. And I probably am. That's why we had seven kids. We said, we're going to live with you one month here, one month here, one month here, and you'll only have... But I'll tell you what, I'm not living for retirement in this life. And I want to lay up treasure where it cannot be taken away. We live in a world that is more insecure than ever. And I don't know about you, but I want guaranteed results. And this is where he says to have it. Heavenly Father, I don't know why you love us so as mankind. Not only to save us, but then to tell us how to live and how to have treasures that will be forever. And Lord, I pray if there is one here tonight... that has never come to receive the treasure of Your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray tonight they would call upon You as we heard today, a call of, of desperation for help and deliverance. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer, I, I would love to see throughout eternity every person here tonight Rewarded in heaven because they have sown bountifully. And that they may reap bountifully. Lord, I just pray that you would deal in our hearts and that all of us, our whole being, would be controlled by you. And that we would allow you to lead and work in our lives as only you can. And then that there will be guaranteed results. Because of who you are. We praise you in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. Let's stand together.